This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Icy Hot Starts working instantly to dull the pain with the icy cool sensation. Then the warming sensation relaxes it away. Feel the power of Icy Hot's contrast therapy. Ice works fast. Heat makes it last. Icy Hot. Today's specials are brought to you by Fancy Feast. From impeccable pâtés to silky broths to chef-inspired creations, a memorable mealtime experience is always on the menu for your cat. Learn more at FancyFeast.com. When Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart, they thought, why stop there? Why not create other exciting and unexpected combinations, like rainbows and ropes, or fruity and gummy, or chewy and more chewy? That's why they created fun treats like Sweet Tarts Twisted Rainbow Ropes, Gummies Fruity Splits, and Chewy Fusions. When you dare to combine, it's sure to blow your mind. Sweet Tarts, dare to combine. Visit SweetTartsCandy.com to shop now. Pickle Park, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre Gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies all of Padre Gang. Yeah, they. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 236 of the Talking Ferris podcast and YouTube show. I am your host, Ben Fadden. Today, I'm here with Padres former, or excuse me, former Padres infielder Greg Garcia. Greg, thank you so much for taking some time to talk. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me on here and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, no problem. So first we'll get started. Just give an update on where you're at now uh, with life. Obviously, you, I believe, ended with the Tigers, uh, had an invite to spring training. Uh, where are you at now? Yeah, so my last year was in 2021. Uh, yeah, I had that uh, minor league invite with, with the Tigers, didn't end up making the team and just decided I was not ready to go back to the minor league. So kind of sat at home for a couple months and the Phillies called, they were dealing with some injuries, seemed like a pretty good opportunity and it just didn't end up working out either. So at that point it was, it was about time for me to kind of retire, uh, after talking with my family, uh, again, just did not want to go back to the minor leagues was, was not ready to do that. Um, and fortunately, back home in San Diego, my dad owns his own insurance agency, which is Rancho Mesa Insurance. Um, so I was able to kind of start like a little internship there for a couple months and then decided, hey, this is what I want to do with my career. Um, really enjoying myself here, being able to be at home uh, with my wife, Hannah, and two kids, Olivia and Natalie. So life is good, man. Yeah, uh, I bet. I mean, that sounds really good, you know, with family uh, and all that. So that's great to hear. Talking about with this Padres, we'll get to this Padres team now. What do you think uh, about this year? Are you, do you like where they're at? Uh, do you think that they've kind of outperformed expectations or underperformed a little bit? Where are you at with where this team stands right now? 
yeah, for me, I think, you know, I think that this team has dealt with some some things uh, throughout the year, whether it be injuries um, early on, losing Tatis, obviously, a couple different times. Um, but I feel like they've, they've kind of stepped together and, and, and kept, the, kept the train rolling. Um, they're in a good position right now to get in the wild card. I know that I think they're like a half game up with the Phillies. So basically yep. they control their own destiny. Um, took two out of three from the Cardinals this weekend, which is a playoff team, which is always nice to see. So, yeah, I feel like they're in a good spot. They obviously have a ton of talent on that team. I've only heard really, really good things about Bob Melvin. I mean, from everybody I've talked to, it's just like this is the guy you want leading a major league team. So all the pieces are there. Um, now it's just going about out and executing and having fun while you play some baseball. Do you think they're at that level that they can beat any team in the National League or any team in baseball, or is it any team other than the Dodgers right now? Like, Because their rotation, uh, the way it's been pitching the last week, amazing. I trust their bullpen, the lineup. It's not just Soto and Manny. There's other contributions, whether that's Crony or Kim this past series or Nola. Profar had a big game yesterday. It's up and down, so I really like where they're at depth-wise. Yeah, I think I was talking with somebody, I think maybe one of my coworkers the other day. I think the Padres are, are the team you do not want to see in the playoffs because of all those reasons you just rattled off. Um, you know, even the Dodgers, I don't they do not want to see they do not want to see us in the in the postseason. Um, I know they, they kinda of had their way with us this year. Got a truck going by. No, you're good, I can um, hear you. Uh, you know, they kinda of, they kinda of had their way with us this year, but the the postseason is a whole different animal, so yeah, I completely agree with you, man. I think um, probably one of the scariest teams to see come postseason time, which is great news for San Diego, um, and just you know, just about getting in now. Just find a way to get in, hold on to this to this lead with the wild card, and then anything can happen. What do you think it's like in that clubhouse right now? Obviously, in 2020, you experienced it in the Padres clubhouse. I know it was different circumstances and stuff, but is it a lot of talk about? Where they're stand, where you guys are in the standings, or is it more kind of regular, just looking at the pitching matchup for today, focusing on today's game? Yeah, I would imagine that. Uh, got another truck coming. <laughs> Hang on. Out here in East County, they got these big trucks going out all the yeah. time. <laughs> no, I would imagine. Uh, the message in the clubhouse is kind of what I touched on earlier that, Hey, we control our own destiny. And that's mm -hmm. the best spot you want to be in. You don't want to be like, Oh, we need the Phillies to lose and the Brewers to lose. And then we need to win. If they just win the rest of their games, they're in. So um, I know there's a bunch of really good veterans in that clubhouse that are probably preaching that message and not putting any added pressure on themselves, but just going out and just saying, Hey, if we just take care of business, you know, we'll be playing into October. So I think that would be kind of the message going, going forward. Going back to 2020, I'm curious because obviously that year was a lot different. No fans. There was no media in the clubhouse. What was that celebration like for you guys um, when you guys were able to clinch that spot? I believe that Sunday game against Seattle in extra innings. And then obviously after you were able to beat St. Louis, what was that like for you guys? Yeah, that was that was something I'll never forget. And it was such a strange year, right? That's the COVID year, no fans, which was such a shame because – that 2020 team was, uh, we were different. We were, it was it was a great group of guys that believed in each other. Um, we had a ton of energy. We had a ton of fun. And I can just remember thinking, 
Um, you know, after we won those games, uh, Seattle and then in, uh, against the Cardinals, driving out of the, the, the players' lot and seeing all those fans that came out mm -hmm. and just kind of hanging out behind the players' parking lot. I have a video on my phone that still gives me chills today just thinking about that. Um, the city was rallied behind us. We wanted to perform for them. We wanted to play well for them. Obviously, me being a local kid here in San Diego, that was a dream come true. Um, my one regret is just I wish we had I wish we were at full strength, um, yeah. you know, in the postseason. You know, losing Lamette and then Clevenger and things like that it was just we were trying to piece it together. I really would like to see what would have happened if we were at full strength, and you know, that's near, neither here nor there. But um, a really exciting year, um, and um, yeah, so hopefully we can keep keep it going this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that year it was so fun to watch. Obviously, all the games we were watching from our couch. Um, that was a, it was a great team. Do you think, I'm curious to know, do you think that the turning point in that NLDS was Clevenger and Lamette or Lamette got injured before, but was it yeah. Clevenger's injury there or was it like Bellinger robbing Tatis in, in game one or whatever that was? Yeah. You know, when you're playing a team like the Dodgers, you got to be at full strength. They are mm -hmm. such a good team. They, they execute. They have so many professionals on their team. So we knew going into it, this was going to be a dogfight. And, yeah, we, we just were not at full strength. I mean, uh, Lamette for us that year was basically an ace for us. Amazing. You know, yeah. you, get, you get Clevenger over who, with his pedigree and, and the things he can do when he's healthy, um, you felt like we could, we could compete against anybody. And then when both those two guys kind of get injured, you're kind of shuffling guys around, putting guys in spots that they probably aren't accustomed to being to. Um, but, I mean – the Dodgers were the best team that year. There's, there's no question about it. Um, they were, they deserved to win and everything like that. It was just been nice to see what we could have done going up against them with the full strength of, of our roster. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Moving to one of your former uh, teammates, Jake Cronenworth. He's my favorite player. Uh, everyone who knows me knows that. I'm curious, what caught your eye like first when you saw him? Because obviously, 2020, he was what, the 26th or 25th, whatever, however many guys were on the team, he was not starting at the time. But then when right. Haas uh, got hurt or was it a flu or something, uh, Crony took it at first, and he hasn't, you know, obviously looked back from there. What stood out to you first when you first, you know, uh, interacted with him? Yeah, he was he was a pro right from the beginning, man. I was That's the one word I'll describe Crony is just an absolute professional. Um, coming into a new organization, the end of spring training, and kind of not being like a top prospect or anything mm -hmm. like that, like you said, just kind of always been like maybe a utility guy or, you know, I know the, his thing was he could pitch too, right? That right. was his kind of uh, excitement that he was bringing. But he came into that locker room and was just an absolute pro. The way he went about his work, he earned every guy's respect right away. And we knew this kid, could, we knew he could play. We knew he could do a lot of things. He did everything well. There wasn't one thing he didn't do well. Um and then once he got his opportunity, he made the most of it. And that's what this game's about, is when you get a chance to play, if you're not the first-round pick or anything like that, you got to go out and do something. And couldn't be happier for the guy, man. He's just such a such a great guy, such a great worker. And I think the thing I'm most proud of him um, so far in his career, yeah, he's, he's a two-time All-Star. But I look about how this year started for him yeah. and, and then how he's finishing it. One more truck. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're non-stop <laughs> but I, I i went over i did like a padres alumni thing and i got i was able to see him and, and sit down with him and kind of talk to him 
And I just told him that. I said, man, for the way you started and to, to where you're at now, that just that just shows what kind of mental you know strength you have, the kind of belief you have in your abilities and just your work ethic, you know, because he got off to a really slow start and he's coming off an all-star year. And for him to turn it around like that and then become another all-star, just really happy for him. Stand-up guy, one of my favorite players as well. Mm -hmm. Another teammate was Manny. Um, I want to definitely put this narrative uh, to bed, obviously, you know, that he doesn't hustle or he's a me over the team guy. I I've seen that a couple times in the recent days, like on Twitter and stuff. Can you describe what this guy does behind the scenes, rehab, getting ready for games, after games, uh, preparation, what he does that we don't get to see? Uh, because I know, like we heard earlier this year when he suffered the ankle injury, doing like 14 hours of rehab, came back, missed nine games when that you could be out maybe a month for some guys probably, but he was all in to get back to help his team. Can you just go through some of the things we don't know, we don't see behind the scenes? Yeah, Manny, Manny's incredible. I mean, the work he puts in, um, he's, he's, he's there early, he's there, he's there late, he helps his teammates. Yeah, the, the narrative that he gets sometimes, it, it couldn't be further from the truth. The guy works hard, he plays the game, and he makes things look so easy that sometimes people think he's not hustling or he's not trying, but he's just that much better than everybody <laughs> that it just looks like that. I mean, to be honest with you, you know, especially from a defensive standpoint, it's, it's next level. Um, the one thing about Manny is it's great because when he was with Baltimore, a veteran guy, Adam Jones, who's a local guy too yep. from San Diego, uh, taught him about. Um, he said, "He said, Manny, when you when you're an everyday guy, you got to post." And I think Bob Melvin just came out with a quote on that, something something along those lines. And Manny always talked about that. He wanted to post. He wanted to play every single day. And now when you see how all professional sports are going with the NBA, with guys taking days off or yeah. maintenance days or or whatever. Manny's got that still that old school mentality, man, and he he takes a lot of pride in that. And I'll give you an example. One year, I think it was either 2019 or 2020. Manny was like had the flu, was not feeling good, didn't really do anything all morning. It was a day game. It was a hot day in San Diego, and you know they're like, "Hey, Greg, if Manny can't go, you're playing third. And I was like, "Perfect. Like this is what I'm here to do. Let me take care of this. I got you, Manny." And uh, five minutes before the game, he's got an IV in his in his arm, and he takes it out and literally just. Ivy out of his arm and run straight to third base. And I'm like, Manny, let me play. Like I, I got, I can do this. And he's, he's just such a prideful guy. And I think Adam Jones really impacted him like saying, Hey, you're our superstar. You need to post every day. You know, you're not going to feel good every day. It's a long season, but that's one thing Manny does, man. And it's, it's so impressive, especially in today's age where guys are taking days off whenever they can, you know, it mm -hmm. seems like so a uh, ton of respect for Manny, not only as a player, but as a person, he's got a wonderful family. His wife, Yane, is awesome. Just great people. Really great people. Yeah. As for this year, where would you put Manny in, like, the MVP conversation? Because there's there's multiple guys, obviously, that some people might think that are ahead of him. Goldschmidt, Arenado, Freeman, maybe Betts. But the difference there between them and Manny, like, they have teammates that are in that MVP conversation as well, yeah. while Manny is the one Padre. Not saying other Padres haven't helped, obviously, but he's obviously the main guy. He doesn't have that other teammate in the conversation. So I'm just kind of yeah. curious from a former player where you'd put him there. Yeah, I, he's at the top of the list. Those other guys are having great years as well. But to your point, you know, the Padres got to get in the postseason and they got to make a deep run for him to have, I, I think, a chance to win the MVP. But 
to go on your point, he basically carried the Padres for probably a month and a half there during yeah. the season when he was just – he was putting up video game numbers. It was every day he was getting two or three hits, and one of those hits was a homer. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Ben, on this one. I think he's, he should be at the top of the list. I do think the Padres need to make a, a deep run in October – to really kind of solidify that. And if they do that, I think it's a no-brainer just for what he was able to do, kind of being a one-man crew there for a little bit from an offensive and defensive standpoint. Yeah, because I'll give credit to Haas, too. Beginning of the season, it was him and Manny. That's what it really felt like. And then uh, after kind of Haas went down a little bit production-wise offensively, but Manny has kept going pretty much uh, the whole year. So, yeah, real, real big credit to him. Um, all right, last two questions here. So... I know you've been on uh, with Ben Woods on 97.3 The Fan before. Woodsy and Paul were at fantasy camp. Uh, so I have to ask you, who do you think is the better player? You got to, I believe, manage them one game. Who do you believe is the better player? Man, between Wood, Woodsy and Paul? Yeah. I'll, I'll say they both have their strengths. I think Woodsy, Woodsy was my horse. He was, uh, I think he was hitting third or fourth for us. He hit, I think he was three for three in the game, hit a double off the wall. Um, but Paul, I think, got, went three for three as well. The thing that Paul did was like, I was like, hey, Paul, can you pitch? He's like, man, I'll do anything to help the team win. So I love that about him. They were both – they both surprised me, honestly, with how good they were. Um, and we ended up winning the game that I was coaching for him. So that was a lot of fun. Those guys are great guys, man. They do a great job in the morning um, talking about the team and, and bringing really good takes and content to the San Diego community. So, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun at Fantasy Camp, met a lot of really cool people and – yeah, those two guys. I'll, I'll I'll keep them equal. I don't want to I don't want to okay. rub each other. So um, they both had their strengths for sure. Uh huh. Okay. So let me finish off here. Who was your favorite Padres teammate, uh, and who do you think was like the biggest uh, prankster in the clubhouse with the Padres? Oh man. Okay. Favorite Padres teammate. That's tough because I felt really close to a lot of, a lot of those guys. I would say for me, uh, it would probably be Eric Hosmer. Okay. And uh, that guy is just an absolute leader. Like he is, he's honestly, he's just, he's just an amazing baseball player first and foremost, but he's an amazing teammate. He has a way of people are drawn to him because of his personality, because of how nice he is um, to other people. He can really, he can really bring a clubhouse together. And it's interesting with, you know, with baseball, you have, you have guys from the Dominican, you have guys from uh, America, you have guys from Puerto Rico, all over. And he, was, he did a great job of making sure everyone just kind of blended with each other. Um, and I just had so much respect for his career that he's had. He's won World Series, but just being such a humble person, a great person in the community. So I really looked up to him. It's, it's hard to say I looked up to him because I think I'm actually like a month older than him. <laughs> but he's got, he's got 10 years in the big leagues and all this and that. But it's... Uh, I definitely looked up to him as a player and definitely as a person. It's a great family guy. I think they just had their first son uh, uh, not too long ago, so happy for him and Casey. And then Prankster, man, I don't know. Honestly, it might have been uh, – there wasn't a lot of pranks going on. That doesn't happen – I think that doesn't happen as much as people think. Um, I, I don't who, really who got was always Who was always, you know, having the jokes during BP or when you're stretching before BP? Who was that <laughs> I, kind of guy? Yeah, the one I'll say it was in 2019 – not not a prankster again, but the 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 funny the funny banter between uh, Manny Machado and then Ty France was hilarious okay. at spring training. This was before Ty, I think, even had any big league time at all. Um, but he was he was talking trash to Manny, and Manny was talking trash back to him. That was uh, I'll never forget that because I was just I remember looking at Ty just being like, "Dude, 
what are you doing? But that's just who he was, and it was uh, everyone got a kick out of it. So uh, that's that's probably the one story I'll, I'll, I'll share with that for sure. Yeah. All right. This has been great. Greg Garcia here talking for his podcast and YouTube show presented by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. They're located inside Petco Park uh, during the Padres season. Check them out. Thank you so much, Greg, for the time. And hopefully we can talk again when the Padres have a World Series at the end of the year. Sounds good, man. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me on and uh, go Padres. That's right. Yeah.